Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Remember, tonight at 6.30 p.m. at Source Booksellers in Midtown Detroit, we are going to kick off our first ever Detroit Today book club. We are going to read the book Evicted by Matthew Desmond together and use the themes in that book to have a community discussion about housing insecurity. Think of all of the ways in which people lose their homes here in Metro Detroit, not just through rental evictions, but through foreclosures, and in particular in the city of Detroit, tax foreclosures. We want to talk about all of those issues with you, the listeners, this summer, and we are going to use Matthew Desmond's book as the predicate for that discussion. So tonight at 6.30, you can come out to Source Booksellers in Midtown. I will be there along with the Detroit Today team and some other folks from WDET. You can buy Matthew Desmond's book there, uh, or you can get it uh, somewhere else. And uh, we'll chat a little tonight about the themes we want to explore this summer. And then throughout the summer, we're going to have in-studio interviews. We will have events all around the community where we discuss those issues many times and, of course, try to come up with solutions. Again, 6.30 at uh, Source Booksellers in Midtown tonight. I will be there, and I hope you will, too. Up first today, late last week, email surfaced that showed MSU Interim President John Engler musing about the possibility that Rachel Denhollander, one of the first to step forward to accuse Larry Nasser of sexual abuse, might be getting kickbacks from the attorneys who represented her. His statements were really crass and really cold. But let's be honest, they weren't really out of line with who John Engler has always been, a shrewd and sometimes ruthless politician. But with a situation so delicate and so integral to the health and future of MSU, it's harder and harder to see the way forward with Engler, especially now that members of the school's board of trustees are beginning to call on him to step down. The settlement with Nasser victims was an important step forward for MSU and an opportunity to move the university eventually out of the shadow of this horrific scandal. The question now is whether John Angler can or should continue to be part of that journey. That is where we start the conversation today with the question, should John Angler continue as interim president at Michigan State University? Here's another question. Should he have ever been hired in the first place? As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019 to join the conversation. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDED Facebook page and put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. And joining us now to talk more about what is going on at MSU is Shana Roth. She's a Capitol reporter for the Michigan Public Radio Network. Shana, welcome back to Detroit Today. Hello. Uh, Also here is Brian Masalem. He is a trustee at Michigan State University. Brian, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. And also with us is Diane Byram, another trustee at Michigan State University. Diane, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Brian and Diane, I want to start with you, and I want to get your reactions to what uh, we've learned uh, G- Governor Engler, President Engler, was saying about Rachel Den Hollander. Uh, were you surprised by these emails, and what was your reaction to them? Uh, Brian, I'll start with you. Yeah, I was shocked. Um, 
those emails were appalling. That email was appalling, the way he described um, one of our courageous survivors and her role in this. I mean, really, clearly, you know, the leader of this university needs to set a tone and, and clearly has not set the right tone. Um, he's been adversarial toward our survivors. He's lacked empathy and contrition. And he really sends the wrong message to other potential possible victims of sexual misconduct on our, on our campus that um, coming forward might not be the safest thing to do. Yeah. Uh, Diane Byram, what was your, uh, your reaction to these emails? Well, they made me angry. I mean, the first thing that I did was call for a public apology by interim president Engler early last week. And I thought that would, that was the least he could do. Mm -hmm. And when he failed to make an apology, I came forward and used a little stronger language that I, I thought they were despicable. The emails made me angry. I thought they were hurtful towards the survivors. And they set the university back when it's at a time where everyone needs to heal. The survivors need to heal and the greater MSU community needs to heal. This is counterproductive to that healing process. And for that reason, I stepped forward with a bolder statement and said he needed to resign and step down. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder uh, whether you feel like you can get the votes to put uh, Governor Engler out if he doesn't. Um, if he doesn't resign, uh, there are eight members of the board. You would need five uh, to to end his his term as interim president. Is that something that's likely to happen, Brian? You know, that's that's a discussion for later in the week. I think um, it's a fluid situation. We're um, assessing all all options, but um, really, it really boils down to each trustee and fundamentally what they believe in mm -hmm. and what they're conscious. Every trustee on this board has a daughter or daughters, and every every one of them has to ask themselves point blankly, look in the mirror and say, if my daughter was a survivor of sexual misconduct and anybody said that about my daughter, you know, how would I react? And, and they're, they're, they need to ask themselves that, uh, that question and, mm -hmm. and understand, you know, this is deeper mm -hmm. than just policy. This is, the survivors are a bipartisan issue, and it's incumbent upon every trustee to, to really ask themselves that question. Yeah. Uh, Diane, uh, the, the board is scheduled to meet at the end of this week. What are you expecting to happen at that meeting? Well, I do think it is a, it is a process. Uh, it will play out throughout this week. I can only speak for myself and with my strong statements and I, I felt it was necessary to step forward and to stand up and speak up. Back in January um, at the time that Luanna Simon left the position of presidency, I publicly said I wasn't going to be silent anymore. If I had one regret is I should have been louder, I should have spoke up sooner and I fully intend to carry forward on the you know, what I said back in January. So I can speak for myself. I know that there's conversations going on. There's been a bipartisan call of several elected leaders. It actually started with the Republican side of the aisle mm -hmm. calling for John Engler to step down. Mm. 
this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guests are Sheena Roth, a Capitol reporter with the Michigan Public Radio Network, Brian Masalam, who is a trustee at Michigan State University, and Diane Byram, who is also a trustee at Michigan State University. We are talking about the recent news about emails that interim president John Engler at MSU sent uh, with regard to some of the victims in the Larry Nassar sexual abuse scandal. He was speculating about what their motivations might be, whether it was money, whether it was money that they might get from their attorneys. Uh, What do we think of what John Engler said in those emails? What do we think about his status as interim president at MSU. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, Shana Roth, I want to ask you about what the reaction has been so far from survivors uh, of the Larry Nassar a scandal. Uh, how does this this news fall on their ears? It, it hasn't been going well, I think, which is pretty much to be expected. Uh, Rachel Den Hollander, who is who is well, you know the survivor that Engler said could be getting this sort of kickback, has come out publicly with statements and said that is absolutely not the case. Uh, she said something to the effect of, you know, this is how Engler thinks in these terms. He only thinks about money, and she was also referring in part to uh, news that came out uh, months ago about Kaylee Lorenz during a a very passionate uh, board of trustees meeting. Uh, where she said that Engler basically said, give me a number. How much is it going to take to settle this? And obviously the um, Engler and his people have not commented a whole lot about that situation um, and have said that, you know, we're remembering things differently. But, you know, according to Den Hollander, this is all sort of part of a pattern with Engler and uh, with his staff that they are only thinking in terms of money. And that's where their ideas of a kickback come from. Mm -hmm. And Rachel Den Hollander says, you know, that's absolutely not the case. I am just here to help these victims. And so obviously other victims have come forward and said, you know, this is outrageous. Uh, Morgan McCall, who is also a very... um, vocal and active survivor. She is with the uh, Reclaim MSU group. It sounds like they are planning to, uh, you know, to be out at the trustee meeting on Friday in full force. Um, and, you know, at this point, it's not just uh, survivors and um, and regular citizens who are getting frustrated with Angler. Uh, multiple uh, lawmakers have come forward and said, you know, this enough is enough. We want him to step down. This is not acceptable. And that includes the uh, Senate Majority Leader, Arlen Meekoff. Mm-hmm. He, on Friday, called for Engler to step down through his spokesperson. Uh, the other leader in the Senate, the Senate Democrat, uh, Democratic leader uh, Jim Ananik has also called for Engler to step down. So this is really something that, you know, from victims and survivors to uh, lawmakers, people are uh, were really upset by this email mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. these emails. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to ask the two trustees also um, about Engler's hiring at uh, MSU. And, and uh, you know, John Engler is somebody who we've known in this state for a really long time. Uh, he was Senate Majority Leader uh, before he was governor. Uh, he's somebody who's had a, a pretty distinguished career after being governor, but he's also somebody who's, who's never made any bones about sort of who he was. I mean, this is a guy who, who is one of the most ruthless politicians uh, that, that I've ever known here in the state of Michigan, somebody who 
who plays to win uh, all the time. And it, it, he seemed an odd fit, uh, to be honest, when, when he was chosen. Uh, I wonder if uh, there are regrets about ever having uh, picked John Engler to guide the university through this really delicate period. Diane Byram, uh, do you think it was a mistake to hire John Engler? Well, I can look at today and, and into the future. The, the past is something that happened yesterday, so we need to focus about today and into the future. And I have said that I think it's time that John Engler stepped down and resigned from the university. We have a lot of work in front of us as a university to heal. Uh, we have a lot of policies to put into place so that we work every day all day to make sure that we can say never again at MSU. That's what the board needs to be focused on. We need to start uh, a, a permanent presidential search at the university for a permanent leader. That has already begun in the early stages. So we have a lot to look forward to into the future, and that's where we should be putting our time and energy and attention. What, what was the thinking on your part, Diane, when Engler was chosen? What did, you, what did you believe he might accomplish? Engler was put in place to make sure that we resolved the settlement, and that has been done. We have a fair settlement with the survivors. We are moving forward this week with putting the funding in place to make our good on Michigan State's part for the payment of that settlement, and then we need to move forward and, and start the healing process for everyone, the survivors and the university. Uh, Brian Masalam, uh, John Engler, when he was governor, also ran into trouble dealing with these kinds of issues. Uh, this was not a guy without a track record. What was the thinking uh, from your standpoint when he was chosen to be interim president? You know, at that time, I'll state what I stated then. I said, for the sake of unification, I decided to go with the majority. Friday, I called for his resignation. So clearly it was a mistake. Would you, I mean, if you could go back in time, uh, would, you, would you choose somebody differently? Would you stand up and say, hey, John Engler's not the, the person who's right for this job? You know, as that trustee Byram said, I think we need to look forward. But uh, I, I will unequivocally say that it was a mistake. Yeah. Uh, again, the, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work you into the conversation. Let's go to Charlie in Royal Oak. Charlie, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. Thank Hi. you, Stephen. Mm -hmm. um, we have a son. Our youngest son is um, uh, junior um, and uh, was until recently um, uh going to be graduating from Michigan State this year's uh, School of Business. Um, he's decided to withdraw. He's uh, applied and been accepted at uh, Mike Illich School of Business at Wayne State. Um, we're just embarrassed and disgusted as a family um, that uh, MSU has uh, allowed this to happen in the first place. I think it's uh, an emphasis on sports. It's degraded our schools and universities throughout the country that's created this macho environment that's you know promulgate a lot of these things and um we're taking our our, our money and our son's uh educational pursuits or he is to a university that focuses on education over sports and and, and mindless uh adherence to it and, and it's become like a cult it's really degrading the educational mission 
of our schools and universities, I feel. Hmm. Charlie, thanks very much for the call uh, and, and for sharing that that personal story about what's going on with your family with regard to this scandal. Uh, Brian and Diane, the, the, the fallout from this scandal, I think, is something that everybody in East Lansing is really concerned about, you know, among alumni, among students. This is the kind of thing that could change people's minds about uh, the university. Here we have uh, a father talking about his son making a different choice uh, in the middle or toward the end of his college career, saying MSU is not the right place. I got to go somewhere else. How much are you guys hearing from people making those kinds of decisions or thinking about those kinds of issues, Diane? Well, first, Charlie, I want to say that I, I wish your your son well as he goes to Wayne State and finishes his degree in business, and I hope he has a, a bright and outstanding future. I can say as a trustee, what we're looking at is making sure that we do keep the academic side of the house, the university, strong. And I can say unequivocally, I believe the academic stature of the university is strong and getting stronger. You look across the university and the, the programs and how they rank nationally, the, academically we are still outstanding. I think that bears fruit with having the largest incoming freshman class and the most diverse freshman class. But having said all of that, I do recognize that we have a lot of work ahead of us to change the culture at the university. And I'm committed, and I believe my colleagues are committed, to making sure that we accomplish that task. This week when we have our board meeting, we do have a series of policy changes that goes right to the heart of how serious we are about this transparency, accountability. We are, and just to name off a few, what we're doing is we are expanding the role of the audit committee to include risk as well as compliance and ethics. Hmm. We are hiring a new position in, within the audit department that looks specifically at institutional risk, compliance, and ethics. We are expanding the Office of the Ombudsman to have someone that deals specifically with sexual assault, sexual violence, that has direct reporting authority to the Board of Trustees. And then additionally, we are instructing the um, Office of our Attorney to have an escalation policy so that items that have that pose serious risk to the university, including Title IX reports, have direct reporting to the audit committee of the Board of Trustees so that we are front and center at taking a look at both risk as well as compliance and ethics. All of those are serious policy changes and it indicates that the Board is taking this responsibility very seriously and we are making the changes to put in place the necessary steps so that we are serious about a culture change at Michigan State. Mm -hmm. uh, Brian Masalam, Nat on Twitter, wants to know if you are going to support some of the groups who are advocating for more shared governance and an inclusive presidential search process so people like Angler don't end up getting appointed again. That's another question about reform at the university. Yeah, I think all of my colleagues agree that um, our presidential search uh, – is to be very inclusive of, of all stakeholders at the university. Mm -hmm. uh, let's go to Vernon in Auburn Hills. Vernon, welcome to Detroit Today. I'm going to uh, Interesting as always. Uh, this whole incident is a, a tremendous eye-opener. I had no idea 
that these administrators are getting paid $750,000 a year plus $250,000 in expense money. This is so horrendous, and they're crying broke, and they have no money for the rape victims. They have money for these horrendous wages across the board. And the, uh, the woman that's the trustee is saying that Engler is so concerned about saving money. Is he getting seven hundred grand? Are we paying him that kind of money for this? Great question, Vernon. Uh, uh, I, I, my belief is that John Engler has said he doesn't. He's not going to take the salary that would come with this job. But it would, if he were, uh, it would be um, it would be somewhere in that range. Is that right? No, he he said uh, he's lowest paid president in the Big Ten, around five hundred thousand, I believe, mm-hmm. and he has the option to donate it all back. So has he donated it back? We're not clear yet. Right. Uh, what about the money that uh, former president Luanna Simon uh, is guaranteed now, even though she left under the cloud of this scandal? Is that something that the board needs to, to reconsider, how it compensates people uh, after they're gone? You know, I believe her, her compensation was contractual. So, I mean, those are things that I think we all have to look at and Make mm-hmm. sure that they're in line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shana Roth, the Capitol reporter with the Michigan Public Radio Network. Uh, what what are you hearing about uh, the the damage down the road to the university? Are are the victims talking about uh, changing the way they interact with the university as alums? Are you, are they hearing from people who say? I got to think more seriously about where I might go to college and MSU uh, might not rank as highly as it used to because of what happened there. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is this is a question that everybody will have to grapple with somewhat individually. I mean, I have seen, you know, postings from from current students. Uh, some of them are frustrated or who have just graduated. They're upset that Angler's signature is on their diploma for starters, mm-hmm. um, you know, you've, you're all, I'm also hearing from different students who have contemplated going to a different school, um, who are frustrated with, you know, they still have to be there, they still have to pay tuition. Um, but what I am seeing a lot of from current students is this um, refusal to be quiet. Every board of trustees meeting that I have been to, I think in the past, you know, since this has, has occurred, there has been a growing number of students who show up who have um, signs and T-shirts, who speak out during these meetings, who have very passionate, articulate speeches during the public comment section. Um, so while the students may still, you know, have, you know, reckon with the fact that they are still going there, they're still paying tuition for it. They're saying, look, this is our school. This is where we will graduate from. We are Spartans and we want the school to do better. We don't want to just allow for this place to, you know, burn to the ground, essentially. They Mm -hmm. want it to be a better place. They want it to be a safer place. They want it to be a welcoming place. They don't want to be ashamed of their school. Um, So what we're really seeing is a lot of student activism um, really coming together and using, you know, social media, using marches and things like that to really try and, as the title of one of these organizations says, reclaim MSU. So as far as long-lasting implications of something like this. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to measure that. You know, are we going to see a drop in the uh, caliber of students that are accepted? Are we going to see a drop in admissions overall Mm -hmm. or applications being sent in overall? 
Um, these are things that we just don't, we just can't really get a handle on yet that we won't really know for a couple of years to come. But it does seem clear that the students who are there right now who are committed to staying are also committed to doing everything they can to make their school a better place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diane Byram, I, I'm curious about whether you feel like when things like this happen, when news like this breaks about the role that uh, John Engler is playing as interim president, does it affect the search process for a permanent president? In other words, does it maybe scare off some uh, candidates who might otherwise be interested because they think uh, things are not going well in East Lansing? I think it's a concern. Uh, We don't have any evidence to that at this point. One of the the big benchmarks we were looking at before we really even started talking seriously about a presidential search was the arriving of a settlement with the survivors. Mm-hmm. We, we believed that that was a necessary first step in order to even begin to think about a presidential search. So over the summer, we are going to be holding listening series, listening sessions with stakeholders across the campus. Those will start in July. It will be early fall before we take the next step and we ask the question, are we ready to hire a search firm to to officially launch this presidential search? But we're getting started over the summer with the listening sessions. We need a common understanding of what are the qualities we're looking for in the next president of the university. And in my mind, that's not the board coming to stakeholders and telling them what's on that list. It's a conversation with stakeholders on what they would like to see on that list of characteristics and qualities, as well as an honest assessment of what are our strengths, our weaknesses, our opportunities, and our challenges as we look at Michigan State University, and how does that match up with the next leader we're seeking to be the president of the university. Mm -hmm. So those listening sessions will start this summer, and in the fall we'll make the decision on a, a search firm. The goal still is to have a new permanent president in place by June of 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian, uh, what do you think about the effect, the potential effect on the search process? You know, it's actually a great question because um, that was one of my concerns before I decided to call for his resignation. Um, nobody wants to enter an unstable environment, so I had to weigh, I had to weigh the benefits, the pros and cons of calling for the resignation. And I just came to the conclusion that if John Engler stays as his interim president. For the end of uh, the end of the school year next year, it will hurt the the search for a new president more than it will help. Hmm. So I had to make that call. Right, right. Okay, Shana Roth, Capital Reporter with the Michigan Public Radio Network. Thank you for being here on Detroit today. Thank you for having me, Brian Masalam and Diane Byram, both trustees at Michigan State University. Thank you both for being here on Detroit today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Up next, we are going to hear from the presidents of U of M and Wayne State about what they think the way forward looks like for their partner at Michigan State University. Also, don't forget, if you have to miss any of today's show, you don't have to miss out on the conversation. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. Download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Take us with you. Listen when you are ready. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today.
You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. While we were on Mackinac Island a few weeks ago, I spoke with the presidents of our other two major research universities in Michigan, University of Michigan and Wayne State University. I asked Mark Schlissel of U of M and M. Roy Wilson of Wayne State what they're learning from the fallout of the Larry Nassar scandal at MSU. Here's a few minutes from that conversation. I'd love to hear you guys address the fear that I think I'm hearing from some people uh, about whether this is something that could happen at your institutions. Are there, are there uh, Dr. Larry Nassar's, uh, potential Dr. Larry Nassar's in, in many other places? Dr. Schlissel? Um, so I think one of our most important responsibilities is to maintain an environment in our universities uh, that's safe. Uh, that's safe for our patients, it's safe for our students and our staff, safe for our visitors. Uh, we spend a huge amount of time and effort on this. Uh, I would never be as brazen to say that somewhere in an organization that employs 60,000 people, exactly. there wasn't a corrupt employee doing something that I didn't know about. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I would say is that uh, we're continuously looking at how we uh, educate, uh, how we investigate, how we encourage people to come forward with concerns. Uh, and I would hope that my organization wouldn't um, have a situation that went on for literally decades involving hundreds of people. Um, but I think we all have to be vigilant. Uh, uh, these are big, complicated organizations, very decentralized, uh, and bad things can happen. And the, the Nasser in, uh, uh, example is historic. You know, yeah. we, we haven't in our society uh, uncovered that level of corruption by a physician extending over decades and involving hundreds of people. So it's, it's a tragedy. Were, were there things that, that you saw in, in the unfolding of this scandal that said that uh, caused you to say, hey, we've got we've to make some changes here in Ann Arbor? Oh, gosh. You know, I wouldn't be so brazen because I don't know any more than I read about in the newspaper, sure, honestly. Sure. Uh, but I do know we're always looking at our own organization. What I worry about is whether our own uh, employees, our patients, our students feel comfortable coming forward with their concerns, that supervisors or responsible folks take those concerns seriously and elevate them to the appropriate level so that we can investigate and make our community safe. Yeah. And that's what we're focusing on, actually. We're doubling down on our own efforts to make sure that everyone in our community shares a sense of responsibility for keeping us a safe environment. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Wilson? Well, I, I think Mark articulated very well. You know, I, I don't think we can be so arrogant as to say that, you know, this is uh, just a Michigan State problem and it never happened at our institutions. Uh, uh, we just have to put the the controls in place to try to, you know, make sure that people feel comfortable in, in coming up and expressing uh, issues as they as they see them. Uh, that we make sure that we investigate everything that um, isn't that we think needs to be investigated and not be defensive about it, mm -hmm. and just understand that these things can happen and just be very vigilant and uh, very aggressive about investigating things so that uh, we're not covering things up. Yeah. Uh, as I said, John Angler is the interim president uh, at MSU, and they're going to uh, embark on uh, a, a search for his permanent successor. I'm curious, because uh, the three of you work so closely together. I'm curious what advice you might give uh, to MSU in terms of the qualifications and the characteristics of that next leader in the context of the URC, for instance. Well, you know, if, if, I, if I can start. Yeah. Go ahead. You know, I think that um, the board made a really good move by uh, hiring Teresa Sullivan 
to uh, be an advisor. Uh, yeah. You know, she uh, is, a, is a seasoned academician. She's respected. She's, uh, she's been a university president. In fact, she still is until um, uh, her successor comes into place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, she knows Michigan State. She's uh, respected by, uh, she's a woman. I, I think the, um, the board made a very, very fine choice in um, uh, having her as an advisor. The question now is, you know, how much they'll listen to <laughs> you know, in terms of her advice. Right. Uh, but I'm very encouraged. Yeah. See, but I think, Steve, the general approach of bringing in somebody to solve a crisis situation uh, and then following that up with a proper search for a true academic leader, I think that was actually quite wise. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think if they had looked immediately to identify a permanent successor to Luana Simon, uh, very few spectacular leaders would have been interested have in stepping hands. into that sure, circumstance. So sure. the idea of separating it into two phases, bringing in somebody to really deal with a crisis situation, and then quite quickly transitioning to a professional academic leader uh, is a shrewd way to go. And you know the proof of the pudding will be how successful and how quickly they could identify a successor for John. That was my conversation on Mackinac Island with Mark Schlissel, the president of University of Michigan, and M. Roy Wilson, the president of Wayne State University, about what they are learning from the fallout of the Larry Nassar scandal at Michigan State University. Up next, we're going to talk about the Trump policy to separate asylum seekers crossing the southern border from their children. Is this really going on in America? We want to hear from you for sure. We're going to talk with a reporter from Politico about what this policy looks like and how it may be stopped. Stay with us on Detroit Today.